Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuck Show, hanging out in the Key Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Well, ACC Media Days uh, taking place this week as they uh, will be coming to an end coming up tomorrow. Let's head out to the Wade Ford .com hotline and talk to our guy who covers Georgia Tech for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Chad Bishop. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at Mr. Chad Bishop, and he joins me here on the waitfor.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Chad, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show tonight. Well, hey, man, thanks for giving me that master for a puppet intro there at the beginning. I, that really is a great way to <laughs> kick off that Wednesday night. Well, listen, we, uh, we get you amped up with the music uh, in our bumpers, so uh, we get you going. So, Chad, I want to talk to you uh, before we get into some Georgia Tech talk. Let, let me talk a little bit about the ACC um, in, in just some of the teams that, that we'll be looking at. Look, I, I think it's – very, I think it's very, I don't know, early or just, again, people are trying to kick dirt on the grave of Clemson right now because they didn't make the playoff for the last couple of years and they lost two of their last three games, even though they did win the ACC when all is said and done. But I think Shipley is one of the more underrated players in college football in America. Um, I still think they're good at quarterback. You know, again, they may not be the Sean Watson, Taj Boyd type level of quarterback or you know, again, Trevor Lawrence level of quarterback, but I still think they're pretty good. And their defense is always going to be outstanding. I think it's a little bit premature to be trying to throw dirt on the grave of Clemson that they're just not the organization or the, you know, program that they have been in years past. Yeah, and I think the other part of that, right, is like you just know that they're just eating that up, you know, over the border in South Carolina, right? That's that's the bulletin board material. That's the, the rap, rap poison that Nick Saban would – about I mean Mr. Dabo Swinney is just you know whole all season is saying look at look at this you know nobody respects us nobody's talking about us um, I think you're right I mean it's they're they're still one of the cream of the crops college football programs in the southeast and and in the country and I everybody's really high right on on Florida State and um, you know everybody likes North Carolina with Drake May but yeah I mean Clemson's always going to be right there at the top and um, it, it is funny that that narrative that they lose a game or two and it's it's all of a sudden that Clemson is done and they're finished and they're not part of this discussion. But, I mean, it's still the elite talent, like you mentioned, the elite defensive talent is still going to be there um, and, and always just an incredibly tough place to play when you go up there at Clemson. So, yeah, you, you can't write them off yet. And I bet I, I bet more than anything they're probably just salivating this offseason the fact that nobody is talking about them because it allows them to sort of feed that locker room mentality of, the disrespect narrative and go out there and prove each and every week that they're still a major player in this ACC title race. And Chad, uh, you mentioned Florida state. So I am one of the hosts for our college football show on Saturdays here. And I, I always try to latch onto a team that I think could be a, a, a playoff contender. And last year, unfortunately it was NC state 
Um, of course, injuries, you know, knocked them out. But, you know, it's been Oklahoma State and different programs like that over the years where I try to, you know, go besides just the kind of natural favorites. I really – I'm buying all in on Florida State this year. I think Mike Norvell has a really good program there coming back with the, all the talent that he's got, whether it's Jared Verse, whether it's, you know, uh, again – uh, Sermon and and they're obviously you know again they may have the best quarterback or at least one of the uh, best quarterbacks in the conference. I love everything about Florida State. This feels like a little bit of some of the old school Florida State. I don't know if it'll all translate into wins, but it feels like that this is guys coming back, and this feels a little bit like old school Florida State for this program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know definitely on paper, you know, when we talk. You know, here late July, early August, there, there's certainly a lot of buzz about that program, a lot of excitement, a lot of talent there. Um, you know, they got a good coach and a, a good quarterback. Uh, and, I, you know, I really like their schedule. The fact that they open up with LSU, you know, win or lose, I mean, that, that's a great game for them, right? I mean, that's the mm-hmm. game that you know, play close and maybe you do lose it. But we all know that college football early losses definitely don't matter as much as late losses. And then you play always play Florida at the end of the year. That's probably going to be a good win if you can knock that one off. So, um, you know, play Miami, uh, Pittsburgh, um, not a lot of, you know, soft cupcakes on that schedule. Of course, there's a North Alabama on there, but, you know, play Clemson. So there's opportunities there to get some quality wins, impress some people, move up those rankings. Um, so that's number one. And then, like you said, the, the talent in this, one of those, you know, stars aligned situations, right, where you, you've built things, you've got a lot of depth on that roster, uh, you've got a coach who's done it. And so, yeah, you know, maybe this is the year. Now, when we talk about Clemson and that sort of disrespect narrative, you got to be a little bit wary if you're Florida State, right? Everybody's saying that you are going to be great and you are going to be in that discussion. So you sort of have to guard against that because you really haven't proven anything quite yet. So it's, it's a matter of going out there and, and doing it week in and week out. First of all, taking care of business in the ACC and, and winning that conference title and then maybe getting in that playoff discussion. You know, Chad, this is a, you know, it may not be the best quarterback conference in America. I think that belongs to the Pac-12, but this is a really good quarterback conference this year. I mean, with Jordan Travis and, you know, again, um, Tyler Van Dyke and obviously Drake May. I mean, there are some really good quarterbacks that are in this conference this year. And obviously Tech's going to see plenty of those, you know, quarterbacks. But but this is a sneaky good quarterback conference this season for the ACC. Oh, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. And I, I think it's been that way for a couple of years. And maybe, you know, I don't know why, you know, it's really flying under the radar in that regard. I mean, you know, Pitt has put out a, a really good quarterback or two. And obviously Wake Forest with what they've done. And we talked about Drake May at North Carolina. I mean, there's 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 guys that have, you know, signed scholarships at ACC schools and have really risen up the ranks when it, t- it comes in terms of uh, the NFL draft board or, um, you know, All-American teams or All-Conference teams. Um, you know, it, it's it, it, I agree with you. It, it's really tough. You know, Brent Key talked about it week in and week out. You're going to face a really elite, really good quarterback no matter what school you're playing. Um, that's a challenge that, of course, you know, he said he loves and he relishes, but it, it's it's going to be incumbent upon Tech, right, to, to find a similar talent right. to take over their football team, uh, whether that's this year or next year moving forward because – all these other programs are signing these guys who are becoming, uh, just, you know, world beaters and, and top 10 draft picks. And uh, that's really where it starts, right? If, if this tech program wants to get to that next level, they got to find that game-changing, program-changing quarterback. So, Chad, um, you had the quote uh, from Brent Key uh, where you put on your Twitter page, my expectations are not defined by wins and losses. 
and production. Now, okay, I, I understand that from a coaching perspective, but can you sell the Georgia Tech fan base on that? Because, again, it's been multiple years of not so many wins and not in bowl games and things like that. I think folks are really kind of getting antsy for at least some signs of, you know, again, getting to or above 500. I I do think that it's coming to the point in this program that we have to see some wins. We have to see some – can't just see growth. We have to actually see some tangible results now. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tricky, you know, phrase right there from Brent Key, and I think – you know, his take on all this, because he was asked so much about expectations and where he expects his team to be and technically what is his year one for him, he's not going to go out there and say, I expect to win eight games or nine games. Now, don't get me wrong. He expects to win every game, and he wants his team to expect to win every game and to go into every game expecting to win. Uh, but I think more so for him, his expectations reside in the realm of, he wants his team to play tough and play hard and play clean. And I know that sounds like cliche and, and coach speak, right? But I, I think from his point of view, if he gets his team to do that first and foremost, then the expectations will be raised. Then the win total expectations will be raised over time. As a first-year coach, it's always tough because, you know, outwardly, you know, outwardly you're never going to publicly say, well, I expect, you know, to win the conference championship because then if your your team loses two games and they're going to go to the shell and say – well, we're not going to win the conference championship now, so blah blah blah. Why why do we keep trying? So it, it's it's I think I think it's tough, right, as that first year head coach to put out a number or an uh, expectation in concrete when you know you're probably not quite sure yourself on what kind of team you're going to have with some of the transfers, or some of the underclassmen, and the recruit, and the returners, and, and you're still trying to build this thing. So it's it's kind of a tricky narrative to sort of paint. Um, you know, I understand where he's coming from in the sense that he just really expects a team to really form itself in the locker room first and foremost. And then those expectations in terms of win totals will come down the line this year and, and, and years in the future. Chad Bishop, uh, Georgia tech beat writer for the Atlanta journal constitution, joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline. Did you get a sense in hearing from coach key? I know we talked about, you know, toughness at the quarterback position and things like that, but did you get a sense about, you know, not so much that he came out and said, look, this is going to be our starting quarterback. But do you kind of think Haynes King really is the guy that's the leader in the clubhouse now? Is it his job to lose, or do you think that there really is a quarterback competition at Tech? I, I think he, I think he wants there to be a quarterback competition. I think he may know, you know, in the back of his mind or maybe in his gut, who's going to start that first game. But I, I don't think he's even going to tell that kid going into fall camp. I, I think he wants. You know Zach Pyron and Haynes King to sort of battle it out over the fall and see who who takes leadership of the locker room, leadership of the huddle, who can make plays, uh, and then who can go out September 1st and make plays against Louisville. Uh, I think he wants a guy who uh, is physically tough in terms of running the football. I think he wants a guy who's mentally tough in terms of maybe overcoming some adversity and bouncing back from an interception. A lot of those things won't play out in fall practice, right? They're they're going to play out in that first you know, week against uh, Louisville and a couple weeks later at Ole Miss. Um, so, you know, I, I think there really is a quarterback competition. I Again, I, he, he probably knows deep down who he, he thinks will start that game, but I think he wants those guys to play it out and, and, and see who competes in preseason practice, see who can 
uh, again, make those plays and, and rally the troops and, you know, all that college football cliche stuff, but he needs to see it. He needs to say, see who that guy is going to be. And I, you know, I've covered college football a while. And just because, you know, one kid may start that opener does not mean that kid becomes a starter mm-hmm. right over, over the course of the season. So um, does it play out over the course of the year? I, I would imagine they hope not. I mean, Brent Key, I think he's a, a one quarterback guy. Uh, he, he would much rather have that guy come in. But I think he's going he's gonna to relish that competition this August and see who can rise to the cream of the crop and take over that offense. So a couple of the transfers on defense, um, Braylon Oliver, Andre White um, from Texas A&M, you know, a couple of pretty good players that, that, that came in, you know, to this program. You know, they were a bad team against the run um, last year. Um, felt like a couple of years ago that they were really good at creating turnovers. Maybe not so much, you know, this past season, but what do you look at defensively from this team? Uh, obviously, the run defense has got to improve, but can they get after quarterbacks is the other question that I have, obviously with no Keon White now. No doubt. And, and uh, you know, I, one of the prospect camps they had, I went out there and had a chance to talk to Andrew Thacker, defensive coordinator, a little bit. Um, I talked to him about the transfers. And, you know, just like any coach right now in the country, you're not signing these transfers to be backups or, or just to be rentals. I mean, you want these guys to come in and perform. You sign them for a reason. So when you bring in these guys who have experience at the FBS level or even if they're, you know, high-quality players at the FCS level, you want them to come in and perform right away. And um, is it patchwork maybe a little bit in year one for Brent Key? Um, but they're, they're going to have to use these guys all over the field. And to me, it's going to come down to scheme. You know, can they scheme up a defense? We're probably in year one in this, this system. They're probably going to be out talented, you know, most weeks. I, I don't think there's any argument there. So they got to figure out a way to maybe mask some things, maybe overcome their weaknesses. Um, like you said, find a way to get after opposing quarterbacks, but not leave themselves exposed down the field to, to big plays. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to say tricks, but a lot of, you know, stuff they need to do, maybe even unconventionally, to figure out a way to stop other teams while they replenish that roster, why they get the talent level up to par with some of their opponents. Uh, doing that via the transfer route is, is definitely a way to start. So I think a lot of those guys will definitely contribute this year. Chad Bishop, he is the Georgia Tech beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Check out all of his work at AJC.com. He joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Mr. Chad Bishop. Chad, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show tonight. We will certainly chat again soon. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You got it. When we come back from the top of the hour, we'll be time for the Falcons flyover. Well, we didn't have anybody that made the list this year, but Pro Football Focus says maybe there's somebody who could make it next year. Chuck Rinnakia Studios, Sports Radio, 9290 Game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.